All right, prayer. All earthly things with earth will fade away, but prayer grasps eternity. But I'm convinced of this, God does not hear prayer. He hears desperate prayer. Prayer is not a position, whether you need. Prayer is not a position, it's a disposition. You get to the place where you'd rather sweat, you'd rather weep in his presence than laugh in anybody else's presence. You'd rather God whisper a secret into your heart that breaks you. And somebody give you the prizes that all the world covets. Prayer is almost the greatest human privilege that we have. sabbatical a few you know back in December when we put together our our, our plan for this this year uh, I just felt so strongly that early on once we started talking about this idea that we were going to let the word of God illuminate our hearts in such a way that it would from that point forward shine out to a lost and dying world that we had to talk about the power and the importance and the criticalness of prayer in the life of the believer as the light and love of God shines on our heart. So that's where we're at today. Um, there's, there's a couple different people in the room. Maybe you've been following the Lord a long time you're <coughs> and you're like, I got this. I got the prayer thing down. Um, I'm going to ask you to pay attention. Um, maybe you're here and you struggle with knowing how to pray, knowing what to say when you pray, and 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 maybe, and, and I don't mean this in a judgmental way, but maybe you're here and you would say, uh, I, I know it's important, I just, I just don't practice it a lot. Well, I, I need you to lean in with me. Here we go. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer. I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things. That you've not known probably the most the, the some of the three most powerful words in the entire bible i will answer and i wonder if we really believed those three words if we wouldn't pray more frequently if we really believed that there was a god who heard and answered our prayers wouldn't it become a greater priority maybe so I've said things about prayer, and you've heard sermons about prayer, and I, I, I can think of saying prayer is a great way to get God's attention. That's a stupid thing to say. It is a stupid thing to say. If you're a parent in this room, and listen, none of us are God and none of us are perfect, but let's say on your best parent day, did your child have to do anything to get your attention? No, of course not. Did, does your child have privileges that nobody else has? I, I'll tell you how it works at my house, or even here. Sometimes on Sunday morning, I'll close those doors because I'm back there trying to pray and trying to, you know, just prepare my heart and mind. And there's, there's a handful of people that ignore that closed door. My children. They know. They, 
Hey, listen, eyeballs, I wouldn't have it any other way. I remember when we first planted at Covenant, I didn't have, a, I didn't have an office at Covenant, it was, so my office was downstairs in the man cave. And I, the, the kids would come home from school, and I didn't, I, I remember them coming in one day, and I don't, I don't remember which one it was. Walked into my office, sat down, and I was like, Dad's working, you're going to have to go. And God convicted me of that. There should never be a, now listen, there's, there's crazy times in everybody's life, but as a rule, there should be complete access for my children into my presence. And they don't have to do anything to get my attention. Listen, y'all going to get mad at me for this, but I'm just going to be honest. There are times when you call, I'm probably going to let it go to voicemail. But I answer it when they call. When they call, I will answer. You with me? Seeing the connection here? <laughs> what, is you, what do you have to do to get God's attention? Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, I number the hairs on your head. That's pretty close attention, isn't it? And listen, if y'all's bathroom sink looks anything like mine, he's got a full-time job keeping up. <laughs> I, I, I just want you to hear from my heart. You don't have to do anything to get God's attention. He's not the problem. The I will answer is not the problematic part of that passage. It's the call to me that we're not doing. We together? I want to show you a picture. Um, a lot of you know, I, I went in January of 2020, I had the, it was just an incredible God privilege to be able to go to Jerusalem. And you're going to see a picture of me standing at the Western Wall. <clears throat> and uh, that's me to the right. <laughs> and I know you don't want to get, I don't want to bore you with a history lesson, but the, the temple was destroyed. The temple you read about in your Old Testament, the temple Jesus talked about was destroyed in 70 AD. And all that's left is that wall and, and some parts underneath it that we're standing on. That wall was the only thing left of Solomon's temple. That's it. That wall. Everything else was destroyed in 70 AD. And so we had a chance to go there and to pray at the Western Wall, which if you, if you remember the, the part of the temple, there was, a, uh, there was a, a place reserved for God's presence. It's called the Holy of Holies, and that's where God stayed. And we're standing very close to where that would be. In fact, let me show you one other picture. We're actually underground and standing. Uh, where we're standing there, if you look really carefully, you can see toward, that's our tour guide that we're looking at. Just above his head, you see some newer rock and then above that is some older looking rock can you see that that older looking rock is a part of the uh, of the western wall that they only found in 2006 and what archaeologists have told us is that that wall on the other side of that wall where the temple still standing would have been the holy of holies and and the the tour guide's joke was you can pray anytime you want to but right here it's a local call And so I, we had an opportunity, you saw, I was praying at the Western Wall, and we had an opportunity to pray right there, just literally 18 inches from where the Holy of Holies would, would have been. 
And we did, and we prayed. And, and I, I, the, the tradition there is to shove little pieces of paper inside the cracks in the, in the bricks. And, and I did it. I put, I, I remember uh, Lori, Lori Johnson had just lost Rusty not too terribly long before then. And I remember writing Lori's name on there and shoved it in there. And I remember writing a lot of people's names in our, our church and just shoving pieces of paper. And as we're leaving, I was terribly, terribly disappointed. Because I was expecting to have this incredible religious experience, this incredible spiritual moment, standing, praying 18 inches from the Holy of Holies. And I was like, God, I sure did come a long way. I'm, I'm ready. Y- y'all are going to, my Jewish friends would push back at what I'm getting ready to say. And here's what I felt. I felt the Lord share with me. Son, that's just a wall. And Jesus gave his life. The veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And here's what I, I heard God say to me. You're no closer to me now than you are when you're riding down the road in your truck, when you're kneeling beside your bed, when you're praying in your office. That's where my presence lives now. Wow. Why don't we avail ourselves of it? So that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we avail ourselves to the presence of God through the power and the uniqueness of prayer? And what I'm going to teach you today, you, this, none of this is new information. You've heard me say these words before. My kids grew up hearing this stuff. This is how I, when I pray for you, the, what I'm going to show you right now is how I pray for you. I think it's a pretty good idea. In fact, Jesus, this is how Jesus prayed. So here's your model. I'm going to give you five prayers, five Please don't. Methods are how we, you know, we need a method to know how to fix our refrigerator. This is not. This is, this is not a method. I don't want you to. I don't want you to hear that. This is not a model. This is just the the things that God has instituted so you and I can connect to His presence. And here's what's worked for your pastor for a long, long time, and I just want to share that with y'all. Is that okay? Five different kinds of prayers that are inside every prayer we pray, all right? The first one, a prayer of adoration. <laughs> I ask my wife, you know, Donna sometimes doesn't ask me a question at all about the sermon, and sometimes she, you know, she, she asks, and she, you know, is very inquisitive, and yesterday she was like, well, tell me, or maybe it was Friday, I don't know, this past week, she was like, tell me what's, what this is all about, and I asked her this question because I said, let me, if, if you heard me praise another woman, would that bother you? And I said, let me explain it. If, if, if someone, if I saw another woman, a woman on our church out in public, and she was extremely kind to another person, and I said, I just wanted to, to, to give you praise for this incredible act of kindness, would that bother you? She said, no. And I said, if I looked at another woman, and locked eyes with her and said, I adore you. Can you imagine how she would react? Yes. Right. 
I'm going to tell you, and, and, and you guys know I'm all about praising Christ, but, but adoration is something that's reserved for a unique relationship. Like, I, I can praise you for a job well done, but when I kneel my, my when I bow my heart, the first thing I want God to hear from me is a word of adoration. God, there is no one like you. David said it this way in Psalm 145. And oh, by the way, find you a psalm to read as your, as your word of adoration, as your prayer of adoration. Uh, oftentimes when I pray, I have my Bible open, and oftentimes it's open to a, to a psalm. So what a great way to start a prayer. Here it is. I will exalt you, my God and King. Oh, that's interesting. Didn't we just sing that? I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. What I, I've said it like this before, but you don't have a blank. Write this down. Don't ask God for anything until you thank him for something. Don't ask God for anything until you brag on him. Don't ask God for anything until you show your gratitude for what, listen, if he stopped now, he's been better to you than you deserve. If he stopped right now, you could talk for the rest of your life, especially if you're in this room and your life has been redeemed by the blood of Christ. You've got, if, if that's all he gave you, So a prayer of adoration. And that needs to be first. It needs to be first. When Jesus gave us a model, what did he say? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It needs to be first. Second, did you, how, how about the first prayer? Did you, did you hang on to that? Did you like that? You're not going to like this one. <laughs> it's a prayer of repentance. The greatest roadblock towards spiritual growth as a follower of Christ is spiritual arrogance. We don't repent because we don't think we have anything to repent of. And I'm going to tell you, you do. I do. We all do. I'm going to tell you that as your pastor, I've got, I've, I've got pieces of paper on my wall that say I'm licensed to do this. I need, I need to repent every time I open my mouth toward God for attitudes and actions. And, and sometimes I just find myself not looking very much like Jesus. In fact, the holiest person in this room has no business standing in the presence of God. But he invites us in. Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians. Actually, he wrote two. And in the second letter, he talks a little bit about the first letter. And he's like, I got in your business a little bit. I, I, I tore you up in the first letter. But it worked. Because you, you, you laid down some stuff that you'd picked up. And he's talking to them about their response to his first letter. And, and here's what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Now I'm happy. Not because you were made sorry, 
but because your sorrow led you to repentance. You became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. In other words, my letter didn't hurt you, it helped you. How many know sometimes you need a letter? Hope you got somebody in your life that'll write you a letter. When you, when you get out of line or I get out of line, I hope you got somebody in your life that's not afraid to go, stop. Take a look at what you're doing. He said, in, in godly sorrow, this is verse 10, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. I'm, I'm going to tell you what our culture has done. Our culture has told you a lie, told you a big lie about God, that God only wants you happy, that God only wants you smiling. God's a lot more concerned about your joy than your happiness. And those things are two different things. And if it takes you to feel miserable, that draws you to a place of repentance, that's what he wants for you. <laughs> repentance is supposed to hurt. If it doesn't, it's probably not genuine. If I'm just saying a prayer of repentance, so, you know, I'm, I'm making sure we're okay, but I, you know, what I did, I'm, I'll probably do it again. None of y'all have ever prayed a prayer like that. Had that thought in your mind. I've, God, I, wanna, I want forgiveness, but I'm probably going to do this again. We don't say that, but it's in here, isn't it? Repentance is supposed to stink. How does repentance feel to you? Does it? Is there godly sorrow? There should be. There should be. Well, Dwayne, I don't feel it. Here's, I'm, you, you want a dangerous prayer? This isn't your, on your list, but here's a really dangerous prayer. I dare you to pray this one. Holy Spirit, convict me of my sin. How, how, much, how much of yourself can you see in the mirror when the mirror's in a dark room? Pray a prayer like that, and he's going to sh shine a light. And he may shine a light on some stuff that you don't like, but here's what I'm going to challenge you to. Man, if, if God's revealing stuff in your life don't that doesn't belong, you got a choice to make. You can either say, God, here I am, and here's what I'm doing, and you're going to have to learn to be okay with it. Or, God, you're right, and I am wrong. We don't like to be wrong. Man, I'm going to challenge you every time you pray. God, wash me in the blood of your son from my sin and help me to turn from my sin. God, convict me of my sin, and he will. So how, that's how you're supposed to feel about Repentance? How does God feel about repentance? What do you how do you think God feels when one of his children, Lord, for, forgive me? Are we made in his image? Parents, how would you feel if you're like in, in my mind, when I talk about the Heavenly Father child relationship, I'm his child. I, I don't consider myself a 56-year-old child. I, I feel like I'm about seven. You know what I'm saying? And it, that, that's the comparison. So I think about when the boys were seven. If they, if they would have come to me and said, you know what, I, I did this, it was wrong, and I'm sorry. How, how, does, how does that make a father feel? Oh. I, th 
I'm, I'm telling you that, that, that Jesus loves the idea of you bowing a repentant knee. So that's, that's a prayer of adoration. That's a prayer of repentance. Let's talk about a prayer of petition. Adoration, repentance, and petition. Here's Ephesians chapter 6 that says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds, all kinds, all kinds of prayers and request. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. You know what I do sometimes? And, and you know, I don't judge you, so don't judge me. Sometimes I wait. Sometimes I wait until it's out of my control to ask God to intervene. Because I feel like if I can control it, I probably should. I feel like if I can control it, maybe, maybe that's the best course of action. Well, that's stupid, isn't it? Paul said to the Philippian church, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, how, how many situations? Every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. Your heavenly father wants to know your need. He, let me say it this way. Your heavenly father wants you to declare your need. He already knows what you need. In fact, he knew you needed it before you knew you needed it. Why do we do that? David said in one of the Psalms, early I'll seek you. Early I'll seek you. And every time I've read that passage, I've always thought that David meant early in the morning. And I, and I think that that's probably the context he, he said that in. But here's what I sense the Holy Spirit telling me. What if we use that in the context of early in the process, I'll seek you? What if the next time you have to buy a car, early in the process, you seek the direction of the Lord instead of three months after the payment book shows up? Y'all don't even know what a payment book is. We all don't have them anymore. You see, you see what I'm saying? What if in, in, in a relationship uh, scenario, what if early in the relationship you sought the Lord instead of after you had a connection and it had gone bad? Is, does that make sense? Early in the process, early I'll seek you, Lord. I need you, Lord. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. So a prayer of adoration, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of petition, and then a prayer of surrender. Jesus said, your kingdom come, your be done, your kingdom, your will, your kingdom, your will. I wonder how many times when we pray, we are praying God with our will instead of trying to get us on board with his. I, I'm, now listen, when... When you call and you ask me to pray for your healing, I do that. And I pray in faith believing. But somewhere in that process, God, have your way. Because I'm not God and I don't understand this, but here's the truth. God doesn't always heal everybody. How, 
survey. Here we go. How many of you know that you've been, that there was a time in your life when you've been healed by the power of God? Raise your hand. All right, bunch of hands. How many of you have asked God to heal something and he didn't? About the same. Can't explain it, right? But part of being a follower of Christ is trusting his kingdom and his will. And oftentimes we get locked into this idea, God, your will is my will, and that's not how that works. So what if we, in our prayer every day, God, this day is yours. I, here's how I prayed that, my surrender prayer for you this morning. Let my words be yours. This is your church. These are your people. Have your way. Listen to me. That's healthy. That's mature. And, that, and, and listen, on those moments when God doesn't behave like you think he needs to, when we've consecrated ourselves to surrender to the will and purpose and plan of Christ, and we understand that whether we want to believe it or agree with it, that he's a lot smarter than we are, and he knows best, and he knows what's... Then it, I can rest in the difficult moments if I have surrendered my life to the will of God. Oh, I'll never... It's amazing how something that, that happens 30 years ago still, at the thought of it still just pounds in my heart. When, when we, lost, we lost two babies just within just a little while of each other. And, and I, the only way, the only way you get through stuff like that. And I don't know, maybe your stuff was a lot bigger than, than ours. But I'm, that was a big deal to us, and it hurt. And I didn't understand it. I'll never forget the night. Just a little while after Donna had lost her second baby, I'm, I'm sitting on the phone, and she's talking to her brother. And she is bawling. I'm like, what is going on? And Alan had found out that they were having a baby. And I, I, that, that pain was more than I could take. So I'm not going to tell you that you say the right prayer and you pray the magic prayer and you, and you repeat the right words because there's a lot of teaching out there that will tell you that there's this way, that, that, there's, that there's certain ways you can pray that God hears instead of the... Stop. If he knows how many hairs are on your head, he knows what's on your heart. I'll the only way you get through that stuff is when you can live a surrendered life. God, it, this is what I want, but I, I want what you want for me more than what I want for me. And if, if this isn't in your plan, and, and that's what we thought for a long time, this just isn't going to happen for us. And well, it did, and it showed up loud and screaming. <laughs> hmm. We don't like to wave the white flag. Especially men, because we're strong. We don't have to surrender. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. God, have your way. God, this day is yours. I, I'm, I'm going to an employer this morning, but this day is yours. I want to serve you as I as I serve my employer. I want to I work at my job like it's unto you. It's in the Bible, by the way. 
and, and I, I, I know this person said something about me that I didn't like, and what I'd really like to do is to lash out and fuss and cuss, but I want, I want to reflect your goodness more than I want my way. And I had a conversation with a, a dear friend of mine Friday, a pastor friend, and he is getting sued by another church. I'm not kidding, and it's awful. And uh, it's b b over their name. This church almost, uh, you know, I started to say what the city they're in, but y'all would have searched it and got him in more trouble. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I'm just not going to tell you over the airwaves. Because their, their church name is similar. They had their church trademarked. And so he, they got a cease and desist letter from a, from a lawyer. Said, you got to change your name. You got to change your website. You got to. And I thought, are they a Christian church? <laughs> he's, he's telling me this story. And I've been talking with him about this for a, a couple of years that they've been going through it. Now it's come to, you know, they're going to have to change their name or go to court. And, and I, and it's funny, I'm, I'm sitting with, there's was, was three of us at the table. And, and one of the guys that was sitting with us is like the Apostle Peter. He's like, let's load up the truck right now. And go down there and tell them what it's for. Let's, let's take your sign down and let's go set it in their front yard. <laughs> and I was like, I got a truck. Y'all toss in a little ga gas money. We'll drive to, oh, you thought I was going to tell you where it was at. And my, and my buddy said, here's, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to pray, and we're going to surrender our, 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 our church name, our, the vision of our church to the Lord. It's not about our name anyway. And I said, take it another step. I said, have your people gather together and pray for them. Pray for that church. And he said, I'm doing that Sunday. <laughs> See, sometimes things don't go your way. Sometimes Christian people misbehave. And it hurts you. And I'm not, I'm not going to get you to raise your hand, but everybody in this room has been hurt by someone that, uh, that was a believer. Can I tell you, if we can live a life of surrender, God, this is, I'm not telling you to become a doormat. I'm just saying we've we got to stop getting offended at every little thing and just leave it in the hands of the Lord. It's okay to let it go because you know that your, hand, that your life is in the hands of Christ. And then lastly, the prayer, the prayer of faith. See, if, if adoration is a wall of the house and repentance is a wall of the house and petition is a wall of the house and surrender is a wall of the house, what happens if you put up a bunch of walls without a foundation? Right? Faith is the foundation. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God, anybody want to be near to God, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. King James says that, that uh, must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. Did you hear on the video that God doesn't hear prayer? God hears earnest prayers. You, you might not like that, but think about it. Think about it. Everybody prays. Every religion on the planet teaches prayer. Muslims pray five times a day. 
Buddhists pray. They pray with flags and wheels and all sorts of instruments. They pray, but don't believe in a deity. And I'm like, who are you praying to? Call to me and I will answer you. The prayer of faith to the God of the Bible is the only prayer that elicits a response. You can pray to whatever you want to pray to, but only a prayer to the God of the Bible, to Jehovah God. Not might respond, not could possibly respond. He said, if you'll call to me, I will answer. So as we leave, I'm going to give you five things. Five things that these types of prayer should remind you of. Number one, the prayer of adoration reminds me who God is and what he's done. Well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Stop. I don't have anything to worship God about. Really? Do this. That's his air. Reminds me of who God is and what he's done. The prayer of repentance, secondly, the prayer of, of repentance reminds me who I am. Now, now listen, I, I want you to leave here encouraged. And I want you to leave here. I, I, I love to quote those passages that says, you're the head and not the tail, above only, never believe. I, I love that, that you're created in the image of God. But, you know, there's another side of that coin in there. You and I are, are prone to sin. Given the choice to walk down the path of God or to turn away. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Reminds me that I'm prone to sin. The prayer petition, a petition reminds me of my dependence on God. What does it mean to say, give us this day our daily bread when your refrigerator and your pantry are? It reminds you of why your refrigerator and your pantry are packed. When you begin to honor God with your petition, it reminds you of how desperately you need him. Next, the prayer of surrender reminds me of who's in control. And oh, by the way, that's a good thing. And then lastly, the foundation, the prayer of faith reminds me that God can be trusted and that he cannot fail. Come on, Don, and play. This is, this is how I just feels so important to finish our service to to kick off this series today you know I, I i love it when when we gather around these altars and we pray for each other and i love it that that when when one of you comes and kneels around this altar somebody's there praying with you and, and i love those times and we'll 
We'll celebrate those times. This is not going to be one of those times. I want you today, and, and listen, you may have to, you may have to keep out your, your bulletin, your notes, but I want to take a couple minutes and give you an opportunity to do what we're talking about today. I want you to pray, and inside of your prayer, I want you to speak a word of adoration. I want you to repent of your sin. Well, Dwayne, how do you know I've sinned? Because you're a human. All have sinned, fall short of God's glory standard. I want you to offer God a petition. And I want you to speak a word of surrender. God, you're in control, not me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave, loved me and gave himself for me. And then I want you to speak a word of faith. God, I believe that you've heard my prayer. That's, that's a, great, a, a great statement of faith. I believe, God, that you've heard my prayer. I believe you've heard my prayer, and you will answer me. So I'm gonna, we're going to, Donna's going to play, just sing through that chorus, and that's what, I'm just, if you want to bow, you bow. If you want to close your eyes, if you want to kneel at your seat, if you want to kneel around this altar, I just want us to take a couple minutes and do what we talked about and pray. And hopefully, what God will sear in our heart is the power of this thing we call prayer and the importance of it in the life of the believer. So let's take a couple minutes. I exalt you, my God and King. I praise your name forever and forever. I praise you this day because you're worthy. You are King eternal. There is none like you. As a congregation, we adore you this morning. 
God, we would ask that you forgive us of those moments, those times, those seasons when we've intentionally stepped outside of your plan and purpose for our lives. Would you forgive us? Would you cleanse us with the blood of your Son? And would you draw us back to your will and purpose for our lives as we turn our back on our sin? God, we know you know what we need. told us to ask. So I'm going to ask for provision for this church in Douglas. It's a small church. God, I just pray, God, that some supernatural way you would just meet their needs this morning. And over the next coming days and weeks, God, that you would use churches just like ours. God, ultimately, we know that you're the provider. And that's our petition today. And as a church and as individuals, God, we surrender our lives to you. We surrender this day to you. This church is yours. This community is yours. God, help us to reflect the love of your son, Jesus. We can only do that when we surrender to your will and purpose and plan. God, today, individually and corporately, we declare by faith that you're a God we can trust and we know that you cannot fail. So we lift a voice of faith, believing you've heard us. We've called on you. You will answer us. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe God's heard your prayer this morning, I want you to offer an ovation of praise. Yes. I should have put it on the connection card. I want you to pray just like this. Adoration, repentance, petition, surrender, faith. Just like that. Those five things every day this week. Every day. We, we, we went through all five in about 90 seconds just then, didn't we? I'm not telling you you got to lay down, you know, at, at, on your living room floor for an hour and a half. I'm saying use those five elements of prayer and watch what God will do. I can't wait for you to send me emails and text messages how God blessed you because you prayed just like this. Have a great afternoon. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome day.